Hey, I'm Sarah Gonzalez. Welcome to the news and why it matters. Glenn Beck, what was the top story the for you The kids today? in Covington and the, the public rape of them that is going on in the media. Mm, still. The fabulous misadventures of baby Hitler. <laughs> it's a great Netflix show. I love that whole first season. Andrew. President Trump came up with a government shutdown solution, so that should be taken care of in a jiffy. Ah, <laughs> yes, if only. Uh, got a lot to get into. Before we do that, want to thank our sponsor, Cosmo Hurts Kids. Uh, I think everyone at this table will agree that it's so hard to keep terrible things away from our children. Thanks. It's just, there's, it's everywhere. I've given Society up. has just gone on this decline and it's everywhere. Uh, so Victoria Hurst from the Hurst family who actually owns Cosmopolitan magazine decided that she was not, she was not comfortable with anymore her family having Cosmopolitan magazine appear at all of the checkout shelves at, you know, Walmart and the drugstores and everywhere because we're walking our kids to the checkout to the register. Oh, you're such a prude. They're gonna see it anyway. The they're gonna they're gonna experience. Why not just let them see it all when they're eight? They're old enough. I knew at eight. Oh, I hate those. Things. I know. <laughs> it's disturbing stuff. And they put you don't even have to thumb through the magazine. They put it right on the cover for everyone to see. And my child, he's six, and he's already, I mean, he's reading is, everything now. It is, when I, when I was a kid, we'd only have one penthouse magazine for the whole neighborhood. <laughs> they'd, they'd pass it from one boy to the next, and we'd read penthouse for them. That is today's equivalent of Cosmo is penthouse for them. Yes. It really is. So she, uh, Victoria started this campaign, Cosmo Hurts Kids, to um, make Cosmopolitan magazine, uh, to make them go under the category of that they're harmful to minors. So they have to state on there that it's harmful to minors. They have to be treated, the magazine has to be treated mm. the same way that the other dirty magazines have to be treated. Uh, so I think everyone can agree that this is a problem and it's something that really we need to, we need to do something about. So if you want to learn more, you can go to CosmoHurtsKids.com. That is CosmoHurtsKids.com. I never thought a story like this would happen to me. Got <laughs> <laughs> into my eyeshadow. Elderly penthouse does not sound particularly appealing. Yeah, it doesn't. Appealed. It doesn't. <laughs> right. so there was a terrible Netflix special. Yeah. I didn't like that one at all. Glenn. All right. Um, I... Uh, I spent the weekend, and I say thank God I spent the weekend with my daughter in the hospital all week, and I did not check the news. Thank God. Yeah. Because on Friday, I might have tweeted something about these kids. Um, and then the videos come out. So uh, this morning, I get up, and I spend an hour just watching the videos. That's all I get to do is watch the videos that no one else watches. And when you watch these videos, you come away with a tale of two cities. Let me show you first what everybody saw on Friday. Go ahead. I'm so What's he doing? He's, of course, mocking that Native American. Standing in his face. Smiling. Letting him move. Okay. Okay. Horrible. Horrible. Wait, did, so, did you see the headlines? Oh, yeah. I mean, the headlines were very clear. These kids were mocking yeah. Native Americans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Washington and, Post, the first uh, real violator here of this one. They yeah. were the first really to report it in, in that context. Now, I don't know about anybody else, but when I'm at a table, um, this table, my broadcast table, on television, anywhere, if I make a mistake, I'm embarrassed. 
I'm embarrassed. And I do something that we used to do, learn from our mistakes. The media does not learn from their mistakes. How many times have all of us been burned by tweeting something and we didn't know the full story? Okay? Mm-hmm. We've all been burned. But, well, not, not all of us at this table fall into this realm, but the average person, they don't have a responsibility to get the whole story. Now, I personally think everybody should, but when you're actually getting paid to do something, then there is a contract and an expectation that you're going to do the work to find out if that's true. In today's world, you get a video and that's all you get. When we were at Fox, why did we have a problem with, why did we, why have my relationship with Andrew Breitbart, which was great for a long time, why is it never been able to be healed? Uh, what happened? Uh, well, I mean, you know, there's a lot of stuff, but it was basically this uh, one issue that they, he had a story and um, we kind of like talked about it, teased it a little bit yeah, and we thought were, it was right credible and, and wound up kind of like not right really being the truth. And, and what people don't know mm-hmm. is Andrew and I, Andrew did all of the work on exposing uh, Acorn, gave him all of the credit. Um, and we would talk on the phone all the time. And, but there came a time, and I don't know what the reason was, and I'm not saying it was nefarious, but there came a time where I asked him the first acorn bust. I said, I need to see the raw tape. He said, okay, that's great, but I, I got a second one for you. So I got, did the second one. I need to see the raw tape. By the time we got to the third or fourth one and I wasn't getting any of the raw tape, I said, Andrew, it's not that I don't trust you. I have to see it. I have to know that the edits are real. I trust you. And they were all real, weren't they? I mean, up until the very, very end, they were all real. But I needed to see them because I don't want to get burned. Okay? Everybody in the media should be this way. This Native American who was on CNN, they sat him down for an interview. Is there no one that had the time to find him? to book a car, to have him come from one place to your studio, to put him in makeup, to sit him down, to start the interview. In that time period, CNN does not have another researcher available to say, before we put this guy on, can we make sure, do you have any more video? Do you have any more footage of that? Is there anyone else with any footage? Because when you watch the footage of that kid sneering, that kid wasn't sneering, that kid was told by the adults, you have to let him finish his song. If he doesn't finish the song and you are seen walking away, they're going to call us disrespectful. The tensions were high because of all the other things that were going on. He was, say, he was trying to signal to his friends, this is what he says, that I wasn't uncomfortable, that I was okay, and trying to disarm the system. I personally think he was just thinking how crazy this is. But whatever. But was he trying to defuse? Watch it from another angle. Watch as one of his friends is confronted by another Native American in another red hat. And watch what happens. See the Native American on your right with the red hat. He's screaming. Okay, You don't see it yet. He's screaming at that guy. And what he's saying is, you're just being white. You, this is all you do. We've been here forever. You go back to Europe. Watch. Watch. Now listen, listen, listen. Watch the kid in the red hat. 
Right there. What's he doing? Watch again. Keep watching. He's seeing this is all falling apart. He's looking around. He's seeing this is falling apart. He's getting bad. Watch him. He walks, he walks away after he's told the other kid, stop it. Now, there's another, uh, there's another angle on this. This is not the angle that I saw, but there were so many videos. But there was another angle where you see him clearly say to that kid, knock it off, knock it off. Then he reaches up and does this. Then, before he turns around, he reaches and he grabs the guy and is like, let's go. You didn't see it there. But there's another angle out there where you see it. This kid was trying to keep the peace. Mm. And the media has destroyed these kids to the point to where the administrators of the school are afraid to take a stand one way or another because they'll lose their funding. The archdiocese has not come out and said anything one way or another because they're afraid the congregation is split. Uh, you have politicians uh, Thomas Massey is going to be on with us uh, tomorrow. I talked to Thomas a few minutes ago. He's been on all day on different TV and radio shows. Including some weird podcasts. Something's off with somebody. Andrew Heaton. Huh? Oh, yeah. yeah. He's doing, he said, I thought I was going to have a nice Martin Luther King Day off, but I can't because these kids are in my district. And he said, I'm trying to go as many places as I can to give people courage you know what the right thing to do is, stand up for these kids. He said, and I'm doing it because I got it wrong. Mm -hmm. Now, Robbie George, I talked to him and I said, Robbie, you are, you are revered in with the Catholic Church. It, it, can you get a hold of this diocese or this principle? And, and, and he said, Glenn, thank you, yes. He said, I came out strongly against these kids, him being a big Catholic. I came out against these kids. He said, then I didn't pay attention to it. I went on my own way. And then yesterday I see it. And he said, oh my gosh, I have to apologize. He said, so I tweeted and I feel like I've done so much damage by the first tweet. He said, I will absolutely. So he's trying to also give courage to the people. Thomas basically said to me, because courage is contagious. Where have we heard that before? <laughs> That's been my mantra for four years. You have to demonstrate courage because there's going to come a time where courage will be on short supply. Everyone be, will be afraid to speak out and take a stand, but courage is contagious. Speak out and act like those kids did. I'd be proud. If that, if that boy was my son, I would be proud of him. So, uh, A couple things on this. First of all, uh, the process that you described, you you going through, and Thomas Massey went through, and Robbie George went through, and there's been a couple. There's a great article in the Atlantic and and Medium, a couple of liberals who had the same thing, and they kind of admitted, "Wow, I really reacted to this the wrong way," mm -hmm. and that's great and should be encouraged. 
but like it, it's not it shouldn't be necessarily the average person's responsibility to be to need to go through two hours of tape to understand a story. This is the journalist's job. Yes. Their job is not to just, hey, a, a Native American says something bad happened, let's write the story. It's, okay, what is it? All right, let me go confirm this. Let me watch all the available video and make sure what he's saying is correct. They didn't seem to do that at okay, all, and that's because, a real failure. Because they're all afraid of not being on the bandwagon. Yeah, yeah. And, and both sides, right. yeah. both sides are willing to accept the narrative that they feel fits. Okay, you hate Donald Trump. Here are these kids wearing the MAGA hats. So, of course, they're bigots. Of course, they're racist. They do nothing. Yeah. There has to be an institution that says, stop. Yeah, I'll be last. But we'll be right. That would be nice. That would be nice. I, for one, am way too busy to do this fact-checking, guys. I go okay. with my gut, and then I, I yield all of the wonderful social capital I get off of Twitter for throwing someone under the bus. Oh, it feels and good. need I remind you that an important institution is Two Minutes Hate that we took from George Orwell, where we find a daily person to sacrifice upon the altar of outrage in the United States. That's why the sun comes up in the morning. It's like the ancient Aztecs. So there is I think you are threatening global stability, Glenn. I'm going to play basketball with your head, just like the ancient Aztecs did. As well. There's actually a book I might recommend for you. It's called Addicted to Outrage. Uh, you may yeah. or may not know the person who wrote it. Yeah. Uh, no, but to your point, I mean, if you look at the video that was posted by uh, the, the per I forget who their name was, but one of the people who was in the Indigenous uh, People's March, mm -hmm. you it's like 30 seconds of, of part of that video, and you can very clearly see mm -hmm. the Native American man walking up to the kids with the drum, yep. which blows a hole yeah, in CNN's very, very entire narrative part, and Washington Post if, and all if of that. If he just walks up and he's standing like three, you know, three inches from him, it looks terrible. It, yeah. lo it looks like he's doing it to rattle mm -hmm. the guy. Yeah. Uh, whereas if they they come up and like the the kid is you know trying and to figure out how to strategy. do it, yeah. The only people behind him are Native Americans. Yeah, he could have right. walked around the other side very easily. Right. I mean, and he could have backed up. Yeah. I, I also say this, and this struck me kind of after we talked about it initially, but like, it, let's just say they did do this. Let's say all the worst things were true. They were yelling, build the wall. They were harassing. They were mocking. They were, they were being obnoxious teenagers to the degree that it was initially reported. Why on earth would that be a national news story? Like, let, why on earth would it be a local news story? That should be covered in, like, a PTA meeting or, like, the principal's office when they say, you know what, no more field trips for those kids and a week suspension. Like, that is, like, the level of what that would be. In reality, there's no reason for this to be a national firestorm except for the fact that they now the national media has ruined a bunch of kids' lives for no reason. Well, they were wearing MAGA hats. They were. Which I, makes it become a national news story. I think in addition to fitting into an existing narrative, um, which, which is comforting in a weird way to a lot of people, uh, I've, I've kind of been playing with this idea recently that I, I think being offended has become a modern sacrament mm -hmm. for a lot of people. Be, being offended connects me to a transcendent state, mm -hmm. yeah. and it, it, it affirms my goodness. And so I need to find an expression of that offense on a daily basis, almost as like an, ad, uh, an admission of faith. Mm -hmm. Only in the public eye. Average people, people are not talking about this. They're really not. When we come back, can I just do the one thing that, again, the media missed, where they are... They should have been leftist heroes. Mm. All right, more on that when we come back. Did you see the, did you see the conversation with the
All right, before we get back into the conversation, I want to thank our sponsor, Relief Factor. Uh, I know, Glenn, you just came up on uh, your one-year anniversary of taking yeah. Relief Factor, and it has completely changed your life. Um, I don't know... I don't know if I'd still be here without Relief Factor. Um, and that's quite a statement, but I think it's true. Yeah. Um, I got to the end of my rope and just could not do it anymore, and I still have pain, but I am here, and I'm, I mean, do you hear me talk about pain anymore? Not really. Yeah, no. I mean, it's amazing, it's it, amazing. It's interesting to me, you know, people think about physical pain, like, oh, I got this back problem, or I got this knee problem, but they don't think about how much it factors into your emotional well-being and just your your general mood. All of it. Like it, it just, it changes your entire life, every aspect of your life when you are in constant pain. It is the opposite of rose-colored glasses. Yeah. Everything, the best things can be awful. Yeah. Thinking about playing with your children or watching your children or your grandchildren being able to play and you and having them come up to you and go, Grandpa, my, 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 my grandson, nothing I want more than to grab him and hold him up in my arms. I can't. Yeah. Can't. And it kills you. Yeah, Relief Factor has worked for a lot of us here at The Blaze. It can work for you. About 70% of the people who buy the Quick Start Pack that they have available go on to buy more. So it's working for them. It's working for us. It can work for you. It is worth a shot. Buy the three-week Quick Start Pack now for $19.95. That's 20 bucks to get you out of pain and change your life. It is worth it. Go to relieffactor.com or 800-500-8384. Uh, all right, Glenn, you wanted to make one more point. on Yeah, that. I want to make Sorry. one more point that these kids... Um, these kids have been so maligned and there's so much hatred just because of their stupid hat. And, and I make the, uh, I, I make the, uh, the contention here that uh, that's all this story is about. If those kids would not have been wearing those hats, this story would have never happened. Never. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, they, in fact, if anything would have been said, they would have been heroes uh, of tolerance yeah. And on the left, perhaps, here's these Catholic schools, these prudes, these racists, these homophobes. Watch when they're talking to the black Israelites about uh, homosexuality. Listen to what the protesters are saying and listen to the kids in the school, how they respond. I'm going to speak up. The Lord said he shall send us against a hypocritical nation. You make us swear on the Bible. You got on the back of the court system, in God we trust. On the back of your dollar bill, it says, in God we trust. But you give rights. <laughs> Homosexuals, you give, and, and he used the, the, the whole word, um, that we can't even say. Did you hear how they reacted? Yeah, or like when they said there was the you go on YouTube and you'll see it. You'll see your president. You're wearing his hat. You see your president kissing Rudy Giuliani wearing a dress, and the kids say, "So what? He's a homosexual. So what? You you got a president who let homosexuals into the army." They again say, "So what?" And someone else says, "They're humans." Now, if that's not something to hold up and say, you know what? Look at our kids. They're better than the adults. Yeah. Uh, really quickly before we move on, do you think that they should sue the, uh, the media? Do you think that the families of these children should sue? Oh, I don't know. I talk, we talked this morning to uh, one of the chaperones that was there, 
And after we got off the air, I spent about 15 minutes with her, and she said, we don't know what to do. We are afraid. She's like, we don't have anybody, anybody supporting us. And she said, oh my gosh, hang on. Somebody's at my door. And I said, don't go to it. Yeah. Don't go to the door. These people are afraid. Mm. And I think, yes, I, 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 don't, I don't want to say they should sue, but they'd be the only ones with standing. But somebody should teach the media a lesson because they don't care. They don't care. Amen. Uh, Stu, you said something about baby Hitler. Baby Hitler, yes, uh, big topic over the weekend as well. Same, same grouping, I think, as this sort of outrage stuff. And like today, this one was about Ben Shapiro, who was speaking. He was doing his podcast at the right, uh, the March for Life, and he was talking about kind of the old ethical dilemma: Do you go back and kill Baby Hitler if you got a time machine? Um, uh, that was part of his uh, point. As he was going through a bunch of points about abortion. And it became a big uh, controversy somehow. The idea, he actually wound up losing sponsors over this apparently. Um, you know, places like The Hill were reporting that uh, he just said, you know, he, he would never kill baby Hitler as if it made him into some sort of anti-Semite or a pro-Hitler or guy. A monster. And we have right. the clip. Yeah, you... oh, we have the clip. Yeah. And I mean, first of all, I, I honestly think this is a collection of very good points. Uh, but listen. The argument, I guess here, is that would you kill baby Hitler? And the truth is that no pro-life person on earth would kill baby Hitler, right? Because baby Hitler wasn't Hitler. Adult Hitler was Hitler. Baby Hitler was a baby. Right? What you presumably want to do with baby Hitler was take baby Hitler out of baby Hitler's house and move baby Hitler into a better house where he would not grow up to be Hitler, right? That's the idea. So that was supposed to be controversial. That's all I need. He's a Nazi. <laughs> yeah, right, thank you. That guy right there, that's not, you know. I mean, hasn't Boys this, you're a science fiction guy. I hasn't. Time travel and science fiction, they've covered it over and over again. And they always decide what, Andrew? Don't kill Hitler. <laughs> right. There's, 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 a, there's a great documentary. I, actually, it's a kind of weird. There's a documentary involving just a guy talking to Dan Aykroyd who's just chain-smoking and going over conspiracy theories. And they ask him at one point, would you, would you go back in time and kill Hitler? And he's like... No, I'll tell you why. And he like and he he brings up I can't remember the guy's name, but he brings up like a far more competent Nazi, and he's like, if Hitler died, that guy would be in charge, and they wouldn't have invaded Russia, we'd always speak in German. Like, That's a good point. I don't like you don't know that like a, a smarter not, Nazi might come. Like, but it's not even Doctor Who episodes where they're killing adult Hitler. In any storyline, it's always the same. Well, you go back and kill him as a baby. You wouldn't kill the baby. No. Boys Boys from Brazil is actually a really good that is a good film. Boys from Brazil, where Dr. Mengele clones Hitler and distributes Hitler babies all over Europe and he like sets up the uh, the situation where they could they could you know they're gonna have a, an abusive father and all this stuff and uh, ultimately a, a Jewish Holocaust survivor like scatters their information because he doesn't think they should be tracked down and killed mm. similar things happened on a sketch on mr. show as well uh, <laughs> which is a whole other documentary um, I uh, yeah I mean it really is one of those things where you look at at, at, at this and it he also went on to say a, a very salient point about we don't kill people before they commit crimes. That is not what we do in our society. Like, Did anybody see the Tom Cruise Minority Report? That's not good. No, it's not a good idea. You, you don't do that. When you, you know, a good time to get rid of Hitler, maybe when he first launched his first coup on the government and tried to take it over, uh, maybe they could have kept him in jail a little longer. That might have been a good, a good time to realize I, the real I'd, danger. I'd shoot Hitler. Hitler in Vienna. He was irritating and kind of like a hipster at that point. <laughs> and like, I feel like, like Hitler circa 22 is the right time to get him. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you on that. Because the painting thing was, look, man, you're no good. 
Yeah. Stop. Yeah. Well, that's the yeah. problem. One of his freaking teachers could have been a little more encouraging. We may have avoided yeah. this whole thing. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it, so don't it, kill even juvenile Hitler. No. <laughs> Just encourage him to be an artist. <laughs> you are really good. You need to work better on faces. Uh, but if you look at this entire clip, it's about it's legitimately two minutes long. Uh, there's absolutely no way to find it controversial. You can disagree None. with his his opinion on some of the stuff, but there's no way to say like this is a horrible thing. The idea that Ben Shapiro, who is the journalist who received more anti-Semitic threats and degradation than any other journalist in the entire media, including left-wing journalists, that he's some sort of pro-Nazi, pro-Hitler guy is so absurdly ridiculous. Are you going to approve? (sighs) Am I going to get the Stu Brigier executive producer seal of approval for Mm. my statement that I wanted to make this morning, and I'm going to get it on this show so I can say it on this show? Okay, we're gonna take a break and then we're gonna we're gonna come back. The, point to of the delay is so you can explain it. We can talk it out. We can explain it. You know you it. Give me a ten-second Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. All right, before we get into uh, overtime, I want to thank our sponsor, realestateagentsitrust.com. So apparently, Glenn found that, just stay with me here, Mm -hmm. getting a good real estate agent, like the best process for that is not to blindfold yourself and point to a random name in the phone book. That's my problem. Right? That's why I own eight houses that are all below water, literally and figuratively. (laughs) (laughs) Or uh, the billboards or Stu's favorite, the benches Mm -hmm. that people sit their rear ends on. I get my attorney's. (laughs) <laughs> you really? Attorneys and real estate agents get, always I get from benches. Get a lot of people. Yeah. I, I get a, a uh, lot. But seriously, so Glenn founded this uh, this company years ago because there's a lot of people who say that they are in real estate. They're real estate agents. They know what they're doing. Yeah, no, they only dabble or do it on the side or they really don't know the area very well. So Glenn has a team who goes in and vets all of these real estate agents who are doing this full time. Um, a lot of them, if not all of them, are their listeners, right? Their viewers. So they share your views, they share your values, and they know what they're doing, most importantly. So you can go to realestateagentsitrust.com if you are looking to buy or sell a house right now. Realestateagentsitrust.com. And you don't have to do the digging, you don't have to do the homework because Glenn's team has already done it for you. All right, Andrew, Trump's proposal. To reopen the government. Well, to piggyback off of the last conversation about whether or not we should use a time travel machine to go back and kill baby Hitler, we can't use the federal time travel machine because it's been furloughed, <laughs> along with most of the time travel agencies of the federal government, exactly. which uh, are probably going to be back paid, but right now uh, are, are not sure what's going to happen. So on Saturday, President Trump unveiled a proposal which was to um, continue pressing for $5.7 billion to construct a wall along the southern border, which in effect would be about a quarter of the money necessary for the wall. Uh, and he added to that, I think, a previous statement of $800 million requesting for humanitarian relief going on around the wall. So this is dealing with um, you know, people that are already camped out there, that kind of thing. The, the additional thing that was brought into this particular negotiation was that he would give a three-year stay to dreamers or, or people that have been uh, otherwise um, uh, would be displaced by the DAC, uh, DACA Act getting removed by his administration in TPS, which is uh, people that had came here temporarily because of some kind of natural disaster and have stayed. Uh, that has been immediately rejected by the Democrats, and I think we're probably in it for a while. 
Now, I, I will say, um, I think the Democrats have the better negotiation hand right now because um, Trump had, uh, if you'll recall, he had decided to remove DACA from, uh, to use executive uh, privilege or executive orders to remove DACA, which I, I think he's in his rights to do. That was an, initially an executive order that bestowed that right yeah, on, on dreamers. So I don't see. That said, though, um, the Supreme Court has decided not to rule on lower courts that have held this up which means that for this year, for 2019, this is not going to move forward. It's not, it's not an issue anyway for the next year. So I don't think the Democrats are that worried about this happening. Uh, I also don't think that they would, they're really likely to bite on this because it is just a three-year stay. It's not a, a permanent legalization of anybody that's over here. If I, if I were them, I would push back and go, okay, well, we're writing a bill right now to legalize these people permanently. Uh, are you going to sign on to that? And that has not come up. Um, I don't know if it's going to get that far, though, because um, you're starting to see two things happening. The Democrats view this as basically negotiating with a hostage taker. That's how they're looking at this situation, is that Trump is holding these people hostage. We're, we're not going to give in to this. At the same time, though, you're starting to see people like Ann Coulter come from the right, and they view what he's doing as flirting with amnesty, which they are very much opposed to. So he's in a fairly precarious position, and I'm not sure what his next move is going to be on this. Yeah. Stu, what's your take? Um, you know, I think that was a good analysis of it. I think, like, they're right. They're, they're not going to... They, there's no reason for them to take it. I think they can just, they feel like they can just wait this out. I think it was a smart move by Trump to kind of do a speech and make a public offer. And he, and he did kind of turn it around to try and make it look like you, you guys are holding up the, the immigrant. Process. Why do you yeah. think he did it on Saturday, though? I don't, uh, timing wise, I'm not exactly sure. I think there might be a, a strategy here of, of kind of publicly offering, I wouldn't be surprised to see him do two or three more of these yeah. that are very, that like are public, slightly different. Public please. Public please. And, like, yeah. and here's another offer that's slightly different if you're going to reject that. It's just so it looks like he's the one out there and saying, look, I just need my wall. I can give you X, Y, or Z. I think he's going to have problems with the right on it. I mean, I think that is uh, true. Um, you know, remember, he was already offered full border wall funding um, uh, only a, a year ago. Um, in exchange for, uh, it was a 12-year path to citizenship, I believe. Okay. Um, uh, it was a, there was a path to citizenship built into the DACA thing that, that wound up being rejected last year. The Democrats now know, well, wait a minute. We were giving you that when it was all Republicans. Now it's, it's, we've got control of the House. So you can't do anything, so why are we going to give you much of anything? And, and remember, the wall has ceased being a question of border security and has become a statement of white supremacy in the desert. Right, yes. Uh, so it is fundamentally <laughs> spiritually transformed yes. from when they were all voting for smaller portions of wall in 2006. Yeah, and I, I believe it's Jonah Goldberg who was talking about, essentially, this for Trump, it's the sum, a similar thing. It's, it, sure, he cares about border security, but like in reality, he can't. If, if he could find out a way to get the border secure without the wall, it would be very difficult for him to sell to the right because it's it's the MacGuffin. As, as it's it's the thing that the, they they need to go after at this point. It's the thing that the hero needs to accomplish in the movie. And at this point, it's Trump saying it's the wall. So the right is just saying we want the wall, we want the wall, we want the wall. They're saying, well, we're, we can't give him the wall, we can't give him the wall, we can't give him the wall. So there's it's very difficult to find. There's no middle ground. You can't build like the top half of the wall. That's not how that works. <laughs> I, I got an idea. I got an idea. Okay. You build a W period, A period, L period, L period. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that acronym is yet, but uh, it's going to be like we always oh love law. Yes, right? we always love we law. Don't, we always love law act. And then they, you, you use $5.7 billion to not build a wall, but have like drones fly around that stretch and accomplish the same thing without using eminent domain to steal Americans' land. Oh, wow. And, uh, and then at that, that point, you can, uh, you can have, get everybody to get the, the government running again. Mm -hmm. the little I hate eminent domain. I hate it. Oh, I'm fully well, with you yeah, we, on that. Yeah, we're with you. 100%. Yeah. Um, uh, and I think, you know, there's a, uh, I think that's, that, that would be a funny place to land. That's kind of where we should just land on this. Because I think, honestly, if like, they're talking, 
talking about, well, would, would, the, would the president's supporters care if he went from a wall to a fence? I don't think so. I don't think, I don't they, think they would, so. but... They do want a physical barrier of some sort, and the de- Democrats can't give it to them. That's, that's and, the thing, and, is that even if Trump came out and said, okay, we'll settle for a fence, the Democrats still aren't going to give it to them. Yeah, and the Democrats are not going to change their tactic and, until the trend is happening with his approval rating. If you look at it since, since this happened, it has been tanking. He's dropping. He's dropped about four points in approval rating, and it's continuing down. As long as this goes on, if his approval rating continues to go, he's either going to have to give up something gigantic to get $5.7 billion of the wall. And I think even that, that makes me more nervous than honestly never addressing the border at all, because who knows what he would give up in that situation to get this thing that he must have. Now, haven't they said that they would be willing to put money forth towards border security? It's just the yes. physical wall they're against? Yes. If, if he were to go, give me $7 billion and let's get drones and, and build like a quasi-moat, I don't know what the other things would be. Mm-hmm. Do you think that his, his supporters would go, nope, has to be a physical wall, can't just be border security? I, I do, th- I do I, think they would, and I think he's made that case so many times that it has to be. Mm-hmm. Um, now, look, a lot of things change with Trump. A lot of times, you know, when he says this is OK, a lot of times his supporters go along with it. But there is that that Ann Coulter uh, side of things will not go along with that. And I agree with you. And I think that they will be vocal about it, uh, just generally speaking. But I think when it comes to the election, again, I mean, that's a far way away. But when, well, that, when it comes that to was the election, his, like, that was his very first campaign promise. Yes, but when it comes to the election, I don't see it hurting him because what is the alternative? Right. The it's alternative so is away. open borders or people who are saying it doesn't really matter. I mean, the, the Democrats are not focused on borders. So to me, I mean, uh, Trump, Trump would have a really hard time alienating that base because there's no In one the better. Yes. Right. If, there's yeah. no one better for that particular yeah, if, if, and, and agenda. If, if I were Trump, I think I could spend this okay. Because again, five point seven billion is not like we're we're spending right now an average of twenty two million dollars per mile. Right? There's two thousand miles that need to be built to construct this. So five point seven billion is less than a quarter of what we actually need. So even if he gets this, the wall's not built. Right. He'd have to do this every year and then some to accomplish it. If I were him, I'd go. What if we don't build a wall? You give me seven billion, and we and then he goes. Look, I, I got a better deal than I even said I was going to do. Yeah. I mean, I, you're right, though. It comes down to one-on-ones. Uh, he can always get, gather that back. I think the bigger danger for him is not in 2020 as much as it is be- before that. Because if his approval rating, let's say the economy takes a hit and he's, he's let the, his voters down on the wall, and that approval rating starts looking at the low 30s and the high 20s, a lot of these Republicans that have been so pro-Trump are going to find ways to say, you know what, he sucks, and I don't want to be associated with him anymore. And they're going to go to the left, though? And they'll go, and they will start talking. Primary. They will start primarying him. Yeah. They will start pr- uh, threatening to vote. Those moderate Democrat or Republicans will vote with Nancy Pelosi on impeachment if it gets to that point. I think the senators will start bailing on him. It's not impossible the whole thing crumbles if he loses that base. That's why he's protecting it so strongly. Yeah, it's, it's worth remembering that a substantial portion of the Republicans in Congress don't actually like Trump. Yes, it's very they, true. They like his popularity and they fear yeah. him, but that's not the same thing as really wanting to cover his back. Yeah. Uh, so Friday, I just wanted to touch on this really quickly because we talked about it Friday, the BuzzFeed report, if you recall, Stu, uh-huh. we, we talked about the BuzzFeed report that Trump directed Michael Cohen to lie to Congress. And, you know, the, at the time, the, <laughs> it was done by two reporters one of them had credibility issues. Mm-hmm. The other one now has credibility issues. <laughs> now has credibility <laughs> yeah. issues, but did come out and say, "I haven't actually seen did, yeah. the evidence." Mm-hmm. Um, so it turns out, take this for what you will. So you can see who who you believe. Uh, Mueller's office 
disputes this report and said BuzzFeed's description of specific statements to the special counsel's office and characterization of documents and testimony obtained by this office regarding Michael Cohen's congressional testimony are not accurate. Stu, what's your take? I mean, that's a breathtaking moment, right? Yeah. That the fact that they would come out and actually oppose a report like this is not something we've seen before. Uh, and this is why we talked about it on Friday as saying, look, look, there's no reason to sit here and speculate whether this is true or not. At some point, this, this report will come out. Um, and we'll know whether it's true or not, or at least have more evidence to judge it. Um, the only thing for you to think about maybe now is, if it's true, how does it, what does it mean to you? Like, is it a big deal? So that we hold yourself to that when it actually comes out. If it's not true, uh, you don't have to worry about it. If it is true, I mean, if it's a big deal to you, then you should hold yourself to that opinion later on. Um, you know, it's a, but it's a bad, bad a series of events for BuzzFeed. I mean, they look terrible on this. And they've, and, and they've been trying to, like, bridge that gap from, like, eight eight movies your cat would love yeah, to, yeah. like, we are legitimate Pulitzer Prize-winning journalists. Yeah, and some of it they have done very well. For example, uh, on the same related investigation, they were the ones that reported first the signed letter of intent from Donald Trump on, on uh, the Moscow building. And I will say, too, it hasn't all been anti-Trump stuff. I mean, they were the only, the only media outlet that I can remember in the 2016 campaign that came from any mainstream source that took Juanita Broderick seriously. They gave, she had an incredibly detailed and somewhat sympathetic profile during the election, not afterwards when yeah. we didn't need the Clintons anymore and they're all gone and we want them out of here and everyone's now siding with uh, Me Too. They did it during the election. They, they've done a lot of really good things at BuzzFeed. It hasn't all been bad. This looks to be uh, pretty bad right now. I mean, who knows what comes on? I don't know. Like, they're, the way that BuzzFeed is kind of playing it is like, look, we we want to we need more specifics on what they're we saying we're wrong on because we've yeah. checked these sources and we yeah. think it's right. But I think this is a good example to the leading to the past uh, conversation, which is like that was the big story. Like his administration was over on Friday to the mainstream media, right? Oh, they were talking impeachment. Right, right. Just over this report that no one had seen that any no evidence had seen, from. Right. Yeah. Now, the whole thing, you know, really gets shot down, and it looks like it's not true. And here we are on Monday, and it's like the last story we're doing in, in the last segment of overtime, right? Like it's it, by the time we get to November uh, or October of 2020, this government shutdown is going to be such a distant memory, yeah. nobody's going to be thinking about it. This is why it's a good time for him to kind of drag this out. There's no elections coming. If he wants to make a principled stand, it's, it's probably his last place to do it. Of course, he should have been doing it for the last two years, as we've covered. Um, if, but still, like this is a good place for him to deal with a, a hit, as long as it doesn't go too far and destroy his approval rating to the point where those Republicans start saying, you know what, I might vote for impeachment if something comes. If they turn on him, he is vulnerable. But, I mean, right now, he's, I mean, his base is there. They're not going anywhere. Even if he says he's not going to get the wall this time, they'll believe he's going to get it next time. Yeah. Uh, I felt like the overwhelming just um, constant theme this weekend was just the media is garbage. God, it was bad. That's, that's what this entire I, show has been, I except would, for Trump's proposal, right? The entire show is just the media is garbage. I would hate to wake up from amnesia or from, from a coma yeah. at any point over the last, well, really the last three years, but like particularly <laughs> if you woke up today and you like you were out last Wednesday, it's like, oh, wow, you missed a ton of stuff, but actually you don't need to worry about any of it at this point. We realize <laughs> yeah. we're all bunk. So right. Watch right. Mrs. Maisel None of it was true. Yeah, that's insane. Uh, all right. So we like to, on the show, sometimes take questions and comments from you guys. So remember to use the hashtag TheBlazeY, and I can pull them when I don't forget. So today I did not forget. Nice. And nice. we have a couple uh, comments. So Angel, and I'm going to have to text this to Chad. 
Super excited about Chad joining uh, uh, the Blaze TV family. He's pre- he is pretty dreamy. He's dreamy. So she said there was some dude sitting at the table, and then suddenly a sexy hat made Chad appear like magic. Mm. <laughs> he puts on the hat and becomes a different persona. <laughs> so she just wanted to say uh, welcome to the Blaze family. She's very, very excited to be watching Chad's show. It is Humor Me, and it starts January 30th. And let's see, Jason... Jason's commenting on President Bush going to deliver pizzas to the Secret Service. Mm. I don't know if you guys saw that. This also happened over the weekend. Is this yes, it did. Story I missed it or? did. It did. So Jason is saying instead of pizza, shouldn't a multimillionaire just pay them until the shutdown ends, the Secret Service? Or is oh. this a political stunt? I don't. Jason, I'm <laughs> unsure. Do you want Bush to pay for the Secret Service, or are you saying Trump should pay for his own Secret Service? I don't know, but I don't really feel like it's a private citizen's responsibility. It's certainly not, right? It's not their I mean, responsibility. You could them, certainly argue, it's hey. It's nice when they do it. When, like, right. you know, celebrity leaves a massive tip or whatever. Like, I think yeah. Ellen DeGeneres did that with some federal workers that opened a cheesecake store. Yes. Uh, like, that was a nice oh. thing to do. Nice yeah. of uh, All I want is pizza and cheesecake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Wait, how uh, is that different than I any see, other day? I, I would like to think maybe, maybe maybe President Bush is moonlighting as a pizza delivery man. Like, maybe maybe he's run out of speaker's fees. And so that this is actually a part-time job. Let's yeah. not give him a hassle. I like that he's still active. Even if he has money, sometimes people just want to be active. You're yeah. just going to be out there, yeah. you know, meeting people, interacting. I can't, I can't hate on President Bush. I always, I like, my dream is for him to somehow, I, he's my long lost grand, grandfather, and I never, <laughs> like, we never knew it, mm. and he gets to be my grandpa because uh. I just think he's so cute. Just, if anyone's listening out there that can get me to meet George W., I just want to pinch his cheeks. He's so cute. You live, like down the street. Just just drive over there. Like, just just climb over the well. wall. It'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Secret Service is out. Like, oh, right. they're yeah, they're all eating so pizza just, right now. They're yeah, just they're like, come on like, in. Eh, it's She's fine. not armed. <laughs> all right. Um, let's see. Today's poll question. Do you believe the Covington Catholic students displayed any, any inappropriate behavior at the March for Life? Let us know on Twitter. It's at The Blaze. Um, what do you guys think? I didn't I mean, see anything. I've heard a couple. I, I keep reading reports that they did, they were there's a couple of them that were mocking at times and doing some. I didn't things. see it though. I've, I haven't seen it yet, yeah. but I've seen enough people. I mean, I didn't watch all two hours, and I, I I think I've seen enough people kind of say that you know there's a couple of them doing some things that maybe were a little bit inappropriate. But again, like. They're Even, 16. They're like 16 I, yeah, I, I kind of my, my threshold for 16-year-olds right yeah. here. I've yet to see anything that goes above. Like I would, I would be very surprised if there weren't one or two that were being obnoxious just because yeah. it's a, a right. field trip on right. a high school. Statistically like, speaking, like, there's going to be a few them, teenagers like, like shouting ethnic slurs at like passers. I haven't heard anything like that. Nothing no. like that. I mean, what's the what is the uh, what's the hurdle you have to clear to get a national news story out of a 16-year-old? It's, it absolutely has to be a crime. Right. There's no like if you're going to negatively portray a 16-year-old and in federal. media, Media, like, you know, federal media, it's basically what it is. Yeah. But I mean, like, national media, it's got to be like a serious crime. It can't just be like, uh, you know, even like vandalism, you wouldn't do that. Like, the, a, re- a crime, but not a serious crime, you wouldn't cover them. It would, I mean, vandalism is an actual crime. And that would be covered in maybe like the blotter page of the local newspaper. <laughs> Yet, this, these two guys, the guys stood there and smirked, and it's all over the national press. It's insane. Yeah. yeah and I would say, just to add to that, they weren't even smirking. People are, they, they keep characterizing it. I don't even think he's smirking. I think he's ser- he seriously feels awkward I, and he doesn't know how to handle it. Yeah. Because if you'll notice, I noticed this really quickly. Um, every time the, the Native American bangs his drum, he's blinking, like he's flinching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To me, indicates that he's kind of nervous because he doesn't yeah. know what this guy's going to do. He's I think flinching was, every time. I don't, I don't push back on the word smirk because I think like, 
It's a it's a typical reaction to an awkward situation. I know, like when I'm in an awkward situation, I can't help but play how I think it looks. See, I like, feel like smirking has this negative yeah, connotation like, uh, to it. It's like, just kind of like a, no good. it's a it's a subtle smile. It's a somewhat yeah. like pushed back smile. I think you know, like where you're kind of realizing the absurdity of a serious moment, but you realize you you can't be you can't be laughing. So like, like you have to maintain a serious and kind of combine it with what's going on in your mind. When I get accused of lying, I start like laughing and smiling, and I look so guilty. So like I like I I've noticed that. Yeah, I've noticed that. and I didn't take the donuts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it from us. See you guys tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, some of the stuff that I like because I, I I got off the plane last night and started checking my Twitter feed. It's like. Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.